See, this is the real secret of life, to be completely engaged with the here and now. Welcome to the Human Derek Podcast, connecting you with the seven fundamentals of life that will take you to the next level. Everybody wants to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. It was all a dream. Today is about the power of you. You've now entered the Human Derek Podcast. Um, testing. Testing. Oh, it's making that creaky noise. Is it working? Probably gonna have to. We have to edit that out. I don't know. If you're still listening, that's cool. Hello. I'm gonna get way better at these intros so that I'm not talking to myself the whole time with some background noise. Hello, everybody. <laughs> okay, we got two um, businesses to plug. Here at the beginning, yeah, they're getting a plug because they're freaking awesome. And then we'll jump into the intro, talk about my super cool guest today. Uh, obviously, feeling pretty good right now, as you can tell. I'm feeling good most of the time, anyways. I think if you're living life right, if you're doing hard things on a regular, and really put things in perspective, you can feel, you know, relatively great on a, on a regular basis. The truth will set you free. Uh, I'm gonna get in trouble for that. I already feel like it was kind of weird. Whatever. So, hey, uh, first and foremost, they haven't fired me yet. I'm still a big fan. In fact, I know some of you have already tried this out. They get some messages on Instagram, some text messages, some story posts. Uh, Guadalupe Coffee Roasters, still my go-to coffee on a daily basis. Great people that produce a great product and do great things. Check out Guadalupe Coffee Roasters. You get 10% off if you decide you want to check out their beans. In fact, fun fact, I've been using pre-ground coffee for a little bit. Not the norm for me. Usually like to grind my beans fresh each morning. Smell them. I take a big whiff out of the can. Mm, just like that. You know, I love my coffee. Thank you so much for my coffee beans. It's simple things. If I didn't have a lot of other stuff in terms of food, if I just had my coffee, that feel good juice from mother nature, um, I'd be okay with that. In fact, that's often the only thing I have to start the day anyways. I find that uh, restricting my food intake oftentimes make me feel pretty good. Just depends on what the activities are that morning, that day, the day before. Depends on what else is happening in life, but regularly not eating breakfast has been a benefit to me as I grow in age and wisdom. Guadalupe Coffee Roaster, super cool coffee company. If you don't know how to spell that, I'm not going to sound it out. You should probably, I don't know, take some guesses. The Google's pretty good, but quad, let's see, like kind of like guacamole, but not, but Guadalupe, <laughs> Guadalupe, Guadalupe Coffee Roasters. If you type in the name Derek, D-E-R-E-K, you get 10% off when you try their coffee. Uh, who else? Oh, definitely get a plug. This one for sure is going to automatically offend 50% of the people that go and check them out or not. I think it's going to be about 50%. It's usually right down the middle some percentage of people that don't get offended. In fact, the people that are closest to me, I find are not often offended by these types of things, but I met some really cool people and I'm a super big fan of their art 
and what they stand for. It's one of my favorite things about humans and communication is I strongly believe that we're oftentimes as people, even in conflict, really trying to say the same thing or communicate the same thing and where we get lost or have the tension is the breakdown in communication. Um, we most, for the most part, people that I know want, you know, each other to succeed. They want great things. It's kind of the rare exception that sort of has that devious evil streak, but I don't really, I kind of run from that, you know, unless I'm, I'm forced into a situation, whether it's through business or something like that, or I have to, uh, you know, really stand firm and, and show some tough love to, to kind of help shine some light on the ways of the world being um, actually, for the most part, really good. And so anyways, I'm kind of on a rabbit hole already just talking about this company, but they're called Red Pill 45. If you don't know what Red Pill stands for, I thought it was like some Matrix stuff. I instantly thought like, okay, you know, Red Pill, Blue Pill, Green Pill, whatever, enter the Matrix. Kind of is in a sense. They have a really, really cool background stories. In fact, um, on an upcoming episode, you'll get to meet Jamie, who I just am super impressed by as a person and her journey through life. Very similar um, to my experience in terms of what I you know, was sort of taught growing up. Not as extreme, but just around politics and belief systems and how through my own experience of uh, growing out of certain environments, you know, a lot of it shifted. Now, I'm not, you know, if you've ever had a conversation with me about the last election, you know that I voted for Kanye. I stand by that vote <laughs> in a very, very strong way. Um, still think it was the best choice, or at least it would have been the most entertaining choice. And, uh, you know, why not have some entertainment in politics, some good entertainment, some quality stuff. Anyways, uh, Red Pill 45. Uh, redpill45.com. They have, um, I have one of their t-shirts. I was wearing it the other night coming back from a, a dirt biking event. By the way, dirt biking events are kind of uh, pretty interesting. I hadn't hadn't been to one like that before and it was pretty, some pretty high energy moments, pretty cool. Uh, and anyway, so redpill45.com, the Red Pill Sisters, um, they have some uh, just really hands down and it's quality. Like the shirt I was wearing, it felt so soft. It felt so good to put on the shirt and it made me laugh. I don't know if it's just where my mind was at that day. Um, spending so much time around a bunch of dirt bike riders, but, uh, the shirt gave me a pretty hard giggle. It's probably not something I, I would have imagined even, you know, picking up, but they have some really cool stuff. And I, I think going back to the truth thing and the communication, in my take, what they really stand for is, you know, their version of the truth. And oftentimes I remind myself, there's three versions of the truth. There's my truth, there's your truth, and then the truth. And so if you can find it, uh, some of you may already be on their website, checking it out, redpill45.com going, this is some pretty badass stuff. Some of you are looking at it going, uh, Derek, what are you plugging? Uh, either way, uh, if you decide you're going to pick something up from their site, you can use, again, the code Derek, D-E-R-E-K. I think you're finding some consistency here in the promo codes, but D-E-R-E-K. That'll give you, I think it'll give you 10% off if you decide you want to pick something up. Um, I hope I'm right on that. I probably should have double-checked my notes beforehand. If it's less, send me a receipt and I'll just owe you something for being wrong. Um, nah, I put that out there. I'm in trouble for that. I got to really kind of make sure I have like no caffeine in my system before I do this stuff. Because I'm just going to blurt some stuff out from a good place, but 
I know better than that. So redpill45.com, Derek gets you 10% off some super cool uh, attire, you know, some apparel, some artwork. They do marketing stuff too. So anyways, if you haven't checked them out yet, um, you know, you might. Uh, Today's episode, this is episode number three. So much love and appreciation for episodes one and two. Really happy to put this out there. I believe you'll find that the audio quality has just gotten drastically better um, over the first three episodes. Now, there's no video on this one. So if you are watching this on YouTube, there's not going to be a video this time. I got kind of scared of video on episode three because there were some video hangups on episode two in the future. Uh, They're all video. Some of them are Zoom. Some of them are in person. But the equipment has steadily been upgraded with each episode. Um, You'll find the precision, the audio, all of it a lot more quality and that just continues to improve uh love the love the love by the way thank you so much for investing your time you know sharing these thoughts with the guests that come on and with myself and uh anytime you have uh comments or you have someone you you think would make a great guest someone that'd be fun entertaining to talk to and provide some good uh just things some good energy, some good, I hate the word value. I feel like it's really overused in kind of like the business world with all of the investments in startup. Like what's your value proposition? Uh, but you know, it's ultimately what it's about. We, we got to make the most of our time in this world. Uh, I really got into podcasts from doing dishes. I, you know, really didn't like doing dishes or folding laundry and found that slapping in the headphones while I was doing these things. Uh, there's a term for it. You may know it. It's called found time. But really, if you anything you you know believe in terms of a guest or someone you want to send this way or some valuable feedback, like uh, someone today was like, hey, man, the audio broke up on YouTube part two. I'm like, oh, I know. But got that fixed in the future. So if you notice stuff like that, we're still in the early phases here. I mean, there's less than 10 total episodes recorded. So this is episode number three and constantly looking to make this the best quality experience. So I imagine... Um, if you're still listening, you had some fun on episodes one and two, maybe it's your first episode. So enjoy. What's it all about? Uh, Malte Nebelschutz. And I've known this guy for like three years and I'm pretty sure I just totally messed up his last name. Uh, he's the founder of a fantastic company named Shore Buddies. It's okay that I messed up his name too. He's German. So you're going to notice some of the words you're like, what is that guy saying? Uh, I'm going to give him a hard time because I love him to death because that's how we met. And I think that story is actually in the podcast about how we met where he was giving me a hard time. But it's all love. It goes back to that truth thing. You know, when you can be honest and be humble, you really find some great things come out of it. And uh, my experience is this great friendship with Malta uh, has come out of it. Now, Shore Buddies, I mean, it's a pretty cool company. He's going to talk about it in the episode. We're going to get into that a bit. Also some, you know, just things about icons, you know, the hero's journey in life. Why are we so attracted to to legends and stories? I swear we're not arguing. There's a couple spots where it might sound like we're arguing. Um, we're probably arguing, right? You know, difference of opinions, but whatever. I'm trying not to argue too much with guests on the show, but that's just my personality. Sometimes I got to get in there and dig into that good stuff. You know, we talk a little bit about rest and action and, and what that means in life. You know, when's a good time to keep going? When's time to take the foot off the gas pedal? Not everybody agrees on that. Maybe for different people, it means different things. You know, we talk a bit about um, impact. You know, Malta is a guy that with his business, with the work that he does, you know, he has a big purpose and he's impacting not just our generation in a big way, but the future generations. And that's something that is really important to me. I oftentimes, you know, don't have any kids, but I oftentimes think about, you know, what it is that we all do as adults or humans or people on this planet that 
you know, makes the next generation better than we are in terms of understanding, in terms of, you know, uh, emotional intelligence, relationships, communication, all these things, because uh, how we act and, and how we interact, um, absolutely, you know, we pass that down. And so super cool guy, Mr. Malta Nibelschitz, um, welcome to episode three. See, this is the real secret of life, to be completely engaged with the here and now. What's up, Malta? Welcome to the studio. Hey, I to. So this straw, real quick. Uh, t- tell me about this thing, man. So Malta brought me this really incredible. There's more than one in here. There's multiple straws. Yeah, it's a it's a set of four. Like okay. it's a it's a full full on family set. And the idea really is that, especially now, we have so much takeout, right? Like in the, when we support restaurants, we still want to do that. We're, we're at home, you know, and like we're using straws mm-hmm. and there's really no need to use a plastic straw. Um, they just, you cannot recycle them. They end up in the landfill or worse, they even like end up in the ocean. And with our company, sure, but it's, it's we really want to, you know, put our money where, where our mouse is and really like stay by what we say or in terms of using reusable items and reusable straws, I think, um, a huge difference you can make that's you know that crazy that they still use 500 million plastic straws in the u.s every single day right it's just like one plastic straw say 500 million people so what i'm holding here is because some people can't see this we're not doing video this time but i have a it's a it's a blue plastic straw it's called straw buddy says the world's first one click open reusable straw and it's it's freaking awesome. I mean, he handed me these straws and it's like, all right, cool, man. Reusable straws. I'm into it. I have some uh, like chrome metal ones and I have these even little straw brushes that I have to scrape in there if I want to clean them. Uh, this snaps right open so that you can just clean it easier. You don't got to worry about it. Yeah, you can, you can rinse it under water. You can put it in a dishwasher. And <laughs> for me, it was, you know, I, I, I personally don't really use straw. Every single time I, I have them, I'll just like put them out and I, I, I don't want to use them. I, I just don't like like the sucking on, on that stuff. Anyways, um, but... <laughs> Watch out for the sucking on stuff. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's dangerous times. Uh, <laughs> but I really never understood. Like I thought it was so inconvenient, those, those bamboo and those stainless steel straws and those glass straws that you really have to... Um, just take a brush out and go through that. And like when I use the, the straw for like a smoothie, that's actually when I do use a straw, it kind of like, it's really hard to, to, to clean it out. Right. Like, well, like sometimes with the brushes, like well, what even comes out there and is it like really clean? And I once was at a trade show and uh, discovered those straws and they're just amazing. You flip them open, you rinse them underwater or you put them even in a dishwasher. I think it's, it's the coolest thing ever. So and, uh, it's kind of funny. Like a uh, girlfriend at that time, um, she told me, Malta, you have an awesome company. I love all your products, but these stores literally would be the only thing I would buy from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. You're selling stuff that isn't even yours, man. That's um, awesome. Well, I, you, by the way, I appreciate you coming by. It's fun. Uh, I guess we've known each other for... About almost like two years. You were actually one no, of the. It must f- be longer than that. Yeah, you could, closer to three. You you were one of the first people I met when I moved here, and that's actually a pretty funny story. I know people have laughed at it uh, before. See, and you still hang out with me, man. Must have I, done something right. <laughs> I, you know, and it was it was funny even how you responded. So uh, we met at a 
we were at an event. It was like a Friday night, kind of like business mixer thing. These really cool guys. What's the name of that? Uh, oh yeah, it was a team fun holiday party or something like that, I believe, or maybe just like the office kickoff or office moving in, something like that. Yeah, and I show up in. Uh, I mean, I'm in like, and this is San Diego, so I'm getting used to San Diego. I'm used to wearing like suits and super uptight dress, and I show up to this event, and I've got like really nice high end dress shoes and like these really nice jeans and then i'm wearing a soccer jersey because it's world cup time. it was the world cup yes <laughs> it was the world cup yeah of course it wasn't winter do you remember what uh how you greeted me <laughs> no like i remember the story but i want to hear what was the what was the first words that i created <laughs> so uh so it's not a secret like i lived in brazil for a while and I live in this city called Belém, uh, B-E-L-E-M in northern Brazil. Super cool city. So much fun. Like it's almost I describe it as having like a metropolis, like a metropolitan city, like a, a New York or, a, a, you know, a San Diego, like in the Amazon. So you're like, oh, that's a mango tree. Uh, it's pretty cool. There's, you know, not monkeys everywhere. It's kind of funny. People go. Oh, I live in this and people think there's nothing but monkeys and fruit in Brazil. What part of Brazil did you live in, Derek? And I'm like, I lived in Belém and they're like, oh man, there are monkeys and fruit there. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, uh, so I'm wearing the soccer jersey from that city because I don't know a lot about the World Cup or soccer. Like I, I like playing soccer. I'm not amazing at it. I don't know the history. So I'm wearing this local city uh, soccer, you know, football, football jersey to this party during world cup time and, and malta's from germany we'll probably talk about that soon and and uh and he's like what you know like what kind of jersey is that or i don't you started calling me out on the jersey and i'm like oh it's from the city belain in, in brazil and do you remember what happened next or uh, i want to hear the story from your part <laughs> like i know like what i kind of said but like i really want to hear like your full-on experience on that <laughs> yeah i i remember you just saying like what the frick are you doing? Basically, like you can't wear you can't wear a club like a city club jersey during World Cup month. It's about national pride, and you just kind of ripped into me. But it was I could tell it was from a like, how does this guy not know this? And you're really passionate about soccer, and so I thought it was pretty funny. I was like, hey, I actually had no idea. Like <laughs> that's pretty cool information, man. Thanks for thanks for educating me on that. And then you just looked at me like, how come this guy's not offended or like run off to cry? And and then uh, you're like, hey, it's pretty cool you didn't get offended by that. And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually super curious. Like I like to learn stuff, you <laughs> know. So so thanks for that. And it was uh, uh, and that's that's how I remember us meeting. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> and then that's hundred percent true. And I'm, I'm I'm sure like you know uh, you followed that advice like uh, later on. Um, but for, for you guys out there, if you don't know that, so um, like at every popular soccer nation, right? And Brazil is definitely one of them, but all over Europe, like Germany, England, Italy, France, wherever, when the tournament is going on, like all the local clubs just like don't matter anymore, right? Everyone has their, has their passion, has their local club. And, you know, wears usually their colors really with pride. But when the World Cup is on, like the soccer nations come together, right? It's like everyone has has their team. And Germany, obviously, uh, cheering on for Germany. And then whole France cheers on for whole France. And whole Brazil cheers on for whole Brazil. So you just don't bring uh, like the club jerseys to, to the World Cup. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you know, my experience is American football. So there's no global American football. I mean, it's called American football. So we, it's the San Diego Chargers once upon a time, but it's the, <laughs> uh, 
who just we, who we had just had in the Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay. Buccaneers. Tampa Bay, yeah. Tom Brady, did you see that actually today? So apparently, like that was for me uh, the, the the best throw of the entire Super Bowl. So they had a boat parade today in Tampa Bay, and uh, they have the big Lombardi Trophy, right? And then apparently, uh, Tom Brady was throwing it uh, like across boats to like Kronk, uh, and he caught it. And it was like uh, for me that was that was the, the play of the game. Like two days later. <laughs> <laughs> that's about um man i know i'm gonna uh some people are gonna be like what's this guy talking about but i don't i don't really watch football anymore like i just gave it up a while ago i'm so much more into it just it turned me off for a lot of reasons but I, so i tried to turn it on and watch a little bit of it because i'm like all right people are talking about it like a lot of people i know are into football and i was working on some projects over the weekend and i turned it on and it just felt like noise i just couldn't do it like i think i've I used to be so passionate about it and just experienced over time turned me away from it. And so I just, I I'm super into people being legendary, like what that guy has accomplished to be consistent as you know, as a business owner, and we'll talk about that like a little bit more about your business, what you got going on, but you know, there's one hit wonders in the music world or anything. And you can just show up one day and be, be good at something, but to be consistent, not just like consistently average, to dominate a sport as much as he has for however long it's been is, is truly exceptional. So I absolutely think yeah, that's Yeah, how great. old is Tom Brady? He's like, like, what, 42, 43? I was like 752. But yeah, he's <laughs> he's uh, for a for an NFL athlete. Yeah, but, but I agree. And it's, it's similar. I mean, I've never really been too much into football. Um, I mean, I understand the game and I, and I, I learn it and I appreciate the plays. But what's really is this like all the side stories, right? That's, I feel like with everything, especially with sports that what keeps us exciting and, and the legends are the one who, who like write the, the, the most interesting stories, right? Like, um, we have those icons in, in kind of every sport, you know, in one sport, um, is like, you have more of those, 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 those icons over time. Right. But like, like if we take soccer, for example, like now you have Cristiano Ronaldo and Leo Messi who kind of, like pretty much dominated the entire era and this is kind of like now just about to end and gonna be interesting who's gonna you know fill that gap and with with tom brady it's kind of like the same in football like for for so long you know that consistency like after accomplishing everything after winning everything you know it's kind of like still that drive because it's it's hard work man it's not it's not easy like a professional athlete it's a lot of discipline it's a lot of drive it's a lot of passion like all the you know like the it, like everything you need to put literally everything in it and doing that for for so long over years it's it's quite remarkable and um i think what he really needed and i'm really happy he did that is like that he he switched teams right like he <laughs> he, he, he left um kind of like a, i don't know if it's yet now the the end of his career but that the like at the let's say at the at the autumn, and I don't want to say fall, at the autumn of his career, mm -hmm. um, now he's taking on this new challenge. I think that's like, you know, what really big legendary athletes do too, right? Like it's 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 really let's let's find a new challenge. Let's like I could have stayed here, like could have my ended my career here, um, would have already been a legend, but like making that switch and what I appreciate actually most about him is that he picked a city 
that has his initials, right? So like whenever the game was, and I, it was the first game I watched all season, was the Super Bowl, and I saw like TB is like really now they just like have Tom Brady, like it's but yeah, Tampa Bay. Someone had explained it to me. I didn't realize that dude. that is freaking incredible, and it's um, when I think of athletes. I really think of an athletic role as like an entrepreneurial type role. I'm a huge fan of mixed martial arts. And Dana White, the president of the UFC, he constantly talks about how being part of the UFC is an opportunity. Because there are some fighters that he calls and he's like, hey, they're not ready for a fight. Like they took some time off. They're not ready. I work with um, for a long time for, I mean, better half of like the last six, seven years, even a little bit before that, like 2014, 2021 uh like just mostly entrepreneurial people and when you think of like sacrifice to make something happen like athletes have to sacrifice a lot of things to do that whether it's travel on the weekend or give up birthdays and entrepreneurs have to do that that same thing if they want to be successful there's a sense of sacrifice now for reward later and i thought of that because uh one just football players like they're practicing sundays their their game day Right. So they're working six, seven day weeks during the football season. That's a huge sacrifice. Their family has to be on board, their friends, people around them like have to understand what that means. Um, in the UFC, they've been doing fights on this thing called Fight Island. And there's a, a quarantine in order to travel internationally. Different different countries where people are coming from have different quarantine rules when they go back in. And there was a, a fighter recently, and I, I don't can't think of her name, but uh, you know, she went and had this fight. And then it was revealed afterwards, like it was her daughter's third birthday. And I thought yeah. like, you're right. If you're a big, like you want to be on the biggest show in the world in terms of mixed martial arts. And arguably the, the stats are, are competing with some of the other biggest sports in terms of top five in the world with the pay-per-view ratings and the deal with the SPN. You know, there, there's two types of people. There's someone that's going to go, there's maybe three types, but uh, someone that's going to go, ah, Dana, you know, like yeah, I'd love to have that fight on the fifth, but it's my daughter's third birthday on the third. And I think I'm just going to do that because I won't be able to make it for quarantine. There's someone that goes, you know, I'm going to find a way to make my daughter's birthday amazing around this incredible opportunity they have. And some people could argue against that and say, well, you can't, you know, miss your daughter's third birthday for something like that. But uh, I mean, the the reward and the freedom you get for that in terms of, you know, she could have taken two, three weeks, a month off after that if she wanted and give her daughter a birthday month. Sometimes people don't recognize those things and we all um, feel a bit different. What are some, it kind of makes me think about what you do and, and you just shared something with me when we were getting together to come over here. But uh, I mean, what do you think about sacrifice in terms of building a business? I think the analogy is actually really good. Yeah, that, that it's kind of like the, the pro athlete. And um, I remember like growing up, so like growing up in Germany, it's funnily, I grew up in the in the only city I feel in the country where we didn't have a professional uh, soccer team, but we had a professional hockey team. So uh, surprisingly, I grew up like like playing hockey, ice hockey, and I uh, really loved it. It's a great sport. And um, I was kind of on track, right? Like to like going through all the, the youth teams and then being like 16 years old and hockey is not that big of a thing in Germany, right? So mm -hmm. like uh, the, the sacrifice was that uh, we were like the youth team of like uh, the, the first league hockey team and they were like, I think like 16 around the country. So we were playing all the other youth teams, right? So, um, and that could only happen on the weekend. So it like training, I want to say like three times a week during the week and then at weekends you had your games. 
and it was that you you know have to be like pretty much eight hours on a bus to go like let's say we were going to munich like eight hours on the bus you show up there like you have to leave like friday or saturday super early morning eight hours on the bus you arrive like you exhausted usually get your ass kicked so i remember like ever that we won like uh the the away games and it was the same in the entire league right like um like everyone was just yeah all the teams was like everyone was winning at home but like the away games were, were not working um and at one point it was you know you're 16 17 years old and i made this decision you know really like you have to like you put more in and like for, for a slight chance to really get professional um i just didn't want to to dedicate really everything like just to that sport i mean it was really like you have to be all in or nothing right like for for everyone who ever played any sort of sport has been close to like you know really being professional it's that that step is huge right like recreational and then like semi-professional but then really going professional that's that's an all-in job and you know like um it's i think it's the same with business and what really defines success is is always the yeah like delayed gratification right that you're able to like okay i'm doing this because later on i will have this or that right so that's why i keep saying in business it's really important to uh to always have a north star to have a why why are you doing this and you have to be passionate otherwise you don't have the resilience you know to deal with what is coming um and you have to be be consistent it's like you have to do it you have to be you know the tom brady 756 years every single day get out of bed and you know um do your do your routines and and do your thing and um but what i feel lately too still is we are too hard on ourselves a lot of times as entrepreneurs i feel um and just this morning actually i saw this this great uh like um what is it called like like a meme or like in like a motivational like image or something like that where it's pretty much that don't be too hard on you yourself today right like just today was today like not every day is perfect not every day is at a hundred percent but every day oh, is a new chance i got this uh this super cool guy that i'm working with his name is mike glimpse he's based out of arizona and he's been there's a company called cutco that has just produced some like incredible people that I have in my life. And I, I never sold knives. They're like a knife company. Essentially, they sell us cutlery. I have some really cool Cutco knives that were gifted to me from another really cool company I worked with. But uh, um, they just they have a a way of, of teaching people like how to develop some of those things. And him and I were talking about this this morning, actually, because I was like, man, I've been so on point. For so many years, and I know that the sacrifices, the going to bed early, the like discipline of food, the discipline of thinking, planning ahead, weeks, months, you know, preparing for things, rehearsing for stuff in the mirror when when people are out, you know, celebrating like all this work I put into it. And I was kind of like just, you know, feeling like I'm operating some days at 90% or 85%. I've been so used to being on. We were talking about this this morning. He's like, he's like, you're basically a crazy person. If you think that 
over long stretches of time, you're going to operate at 100%. He said, if you look at a factory, like they get excited about consistently operating at 80% or whatever number you threw out there. 80-20 principle, brother. Yeah, well, yeah, that's that's another fascinating one that was it Pareto's, uh, Pareto's, Pareto's principle. Principle, yeah. Pareto's principle. Yeah, because um that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing. But you're you're right. I think I'm finally that's one thing that the last year has helped me with is the progress over perfection type of thinking because you know there's no such thing as perfect but i'm a huge fan of if you're going to do something do it right and so where is that that middle ground of like this is good Ooh, enough to put out there yeah that's yeah. <laughs> a good question um i have to say i'm 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 like a big preacher of the other approach i always say uh execution over perfection mm-hmm. um it's you know like ideas they are millions a dozen and the ones that are executed, that's the important, important thing. So um, people, I believe, and I see very, very often um, just have like, they, they don't think the time is ever ready to do this, to execute. Um, although like the execution, like just making progress, just making steps, you know, like that's the consistency. And uh, the fun thing is you are getting better you know, by, by just doing it. Like progress, like inaction is, is like the ultimate killer to any type of success. And I'm, I have a consumer product, right? And, and I always say like with a consumer product, if you don't hate your first product, you're launching too late. It's, it's really that. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, I'm just going to bring up all these super cool guys that I've been working with over the years, but there's this guy named Dave Duran. He's the CEO of a company called Best Version Media. I mean, the company is incredible in terms of like how big they are and the impact. And uh, like when I first, I worked with them first back in 2015 and pretty much everything I touched for a period of time was just like, like it was good. And, uh, and so what we were talking about with the progress over, like the progress over perfection thing, like I think of this, this, yeah, it's just, it's a weird it's a fascinating thing. I guess, oh, wait, I was going with that is he, uh, he one time talked to me about when people are really good at something right off the bat, it can be their biggest struggle is when they get to those off days and being able to, to bring it back, like working mm-hmm. through that. Because like I had a lot of things that I've touched over the years that instantly they were gold. And so hitting things that didn't go well caused me the most growth versus all right if i do things in a certain way i launch it boom it crushes it right off the bat now i'm x about into it and i'm struggling how do i how do i recover from that you know does that make sense yeah it's uh i I know i know what you mean it's like you're hitting success too early kind of like uh, you know having success is not it's not hard repeating it and staying successful is this the challenge um, and that's really applies to, to businesses too, right? Like starting a business is, is just not difficult, <laughs> like maintaining it and then keeping it going and growing it. That's, that's the real challenge. Um, and I remember like a lot of people told me at the beginning when I just started, oh, that's so cool. You started this, isn't it? It's like, yeah, that's, I'm still people say that, but you know, like people will look a little bit more behind the curtain. Um, there, there, there's more to it. Um, but, but back to the off days. What I really learned uh, probably a couple of years ago, it's kind of like how you train a muscle, right? And it's you really grow when you rest. 
like sometimes we just keep going and keep going and keep going right and all the thing we know about like uh, being athletes like your muscle really develops more strength and grows in resting status right you stretch it you bring it up there and then when you when you relax that's that's when you grow and i think we we need that we cannot like go at a at a 250 miles an hour pace 24 7 Mm, okay but i mean that's weird right to go well inaction is going to kill you know an outcome because you have to be active activity is one of my favorite words just in general i keep finding all over the place in terms of whether it's athletes whether it's business and then we're going well you have to rest to to grow i mean how do you know when too much rest what i mean how do you know like what's too much rest? What's not enough rest? What's not enough activity? Like how do you even measure those things? I think measuring is is really a, a difficult thing, right? Like you can measure like certain outcome, you can measure certain results, but like going and moving and resting is you really need to be able to to listen to your body and listen to the signs and just kind of like read there. And I mean, we're all still struggling, not that I have all the answers, but one thing I always compare is kind of like, you know, think about a helicopter, like the rotor is like just like nonstop, right? If you keep doing that and then you're really close to, to, to the ground, you create a lot of dust and you might not even see where you're going. So sometimes it's just like park the helicopter, turn it off, have the rotor like stop and have the dust settle. And then once the sky is clear again, maybe turn it on and then go back at full speed. See, I feel like I build the most momentum when I'm just like constantly doing it. And there's this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk. Have you heard of that guy? He's yeah. a little bit out there. And he's like, the first time I heard his stuff, I was one of, I fell into that category. He talks to me, he's like, some people don't like me when they first hear me. And that was me. I was like, this guy's a little bit intense for me, but I, t- I totally agree. Oh, I he, he's a straight shooter. I love that about Dude, him. T- I mean, he's totally grown on me over the years. I'm actually going through his book, Crushing It right now in audible format. And I'm like, this is a badass book. Uh, oh, is he reading it himself? He, he narrates it himself. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to is. listen to that. Yeah, that's Dude, cool. little Gary Vaynerchuk in the air for like five minutes, 20 minutes a day, whatever. But uh, I mean... Because it's an old book, right? It's like what? Two, three years? It's a couple years now. Yeah. yeah and it, it, there's still principles that apply if you're looking to build a business, take your business to the next level. It's kind of... That's what I like about... There's a lot of stuff I think that are just timeless principles that, uh, you know, ancient proverbs that we just have new versions of them they, they're the same thing they just sound different so i think there's obviously there's some executional things in there that aren't applicable today because the social media landscape changes so fast but there's fundamentals in there that if you take them and run with them you're like okay i can do that but he uh uh you know he talks about work-life balance and that's something that i tell people all the time balance is a is a myth you, if hmm. you sit down with a piece of paper and you draw a circle right your circle's 100 percent now take anything put it on that circle so let's say 100 is your life the minute you carve out even the tiniest slice you have less than 100 so there's no way you can give everything 100 you can give something 100 for a certain period of time but then as soon as you shift that attention it's not 100 so um i've i personally find when i'm just like going doing Obviously taking, you know, what you're talking about rest periods for me, that's five minutes to reflect on what's about to happen over the next two hours, or that's at the end of the day for the next day that could technically be rest, but it's still in preparation of what's to come. And that, that really energizes me and gets me focused. 
Yeah, but 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 you go on vacation. I mean, you go like I know you're a big snowboarder, like mountain biking and stuff like that. But wouldn't that not be rest? I mean, I'm not saying rest needs to be something you lay on the couch and literally just don't do nothing, right? Yeah. It's just like you need to distance yourself from the project, from the task, from the business, from whatever. I mean, like even even Tom Brady has an off season, right? It's kind of like yeah. recover, and um, it's we need that mentally. I think. Uh, like when you talk about snowboarding though, for me, it's also like, that's a form of fitness. So I'm like, I like it because I'm staying in like, it's active, it's hard, it's challenging. So I think my, if we were to call that rest, like my rest is usually uh, still challenging for the most part. You know, I like reading a book. That's a form of rest, but I'm still thinking. And is it Socrates or some old ancient thinkers that talk about your rest should never uh, dull your senses. Like your, your rest shouldn't be binge drinking or overeating to where you can't move or do anything. So I, I guess, I guess we were to define rest like that. Like for me, the, the, the most rest, the best things that I get are, are still keeping me sharp. Yes. And I think that's, that's the secret, right? Like of, of, of rest is there's active resting and you know like how how many like big ceos have like a like a hobby where they do something complete like like off topic like i met um this guy he has a big big real estate company actually um and what he does he has this little uh uh vw van that he just like builds out and it's, it's his baby right and he just like loves working on the car and that's like what he does on on this weekend and uh, for me, rest is is Saturdays. You know, like Saturdays is my day off where I really like completely shut off of work. And I do other things, you know, like play soccer, which is pretty active. So it's like two hours of soccer every Saturday. Um, I read a book. Um, I sometimes even write on the book. You know, it's like I, I do fun things, but like I completely detach from from the main business, from the main part, right? And 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 other things. So it's like you have to you have to detach from from your profession uh, a little bit, and especially as as an entrepreneur, it's not just a job, man. It's it's a lifestyle, and you have to kind of find that balance to really to really make it work, to stay healthy, and and kind of also comes back to that, you know, like the brain is a little bit like muscles mm -hmm. like it, it really fires you know when when it's when it's not engaged you know like when when do people have their, their best ideas when they're in the shower when they're on a run you know when they're sleeping every entrepreneur has this big notepad right next to, to the pillow i've got a notepad in my shower that's stuck to the wall and it's waterproof paper <laughs> and a waterproof <laughs> pen pencil yeah you know it's funny when i first put it in there too i uh I had this little thought and I'm like, man, if this is one of those things where as soon as I put this in there, now my brain's like, don't come up with thoughts because it like has that little fear, nervousness and those free flowing thoughts are going to come because there's a, a commitment to putting thoughts on this. But, you know, I had to even work through that. It's like the smallest little thing, but you have to recognize that so that you don't block that flow. And that thing's been super fun, like tearing through that. How long have you, uh, how long have you, okay, so let's talk about shore buddies a little bit, man. How long you been doing that? What? What is it? What got you into it? Let's hear all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about Sure Buddies. So Sure Buddies is the world's first stuffed animal, 100% made from recycled plastic bottles. And uh, started it here in, in San Diego in uh, 2014. And was kind of interesting, right? Like I really got into that. Like I, I, I don't have a background in toys or, or sustainability. 
um, or ocean protection <laughs> in that case. Um, I, have a, I have a master's in IT and business, and that's kind of like what I've been doing um, back then um, in, in, in Germany. And when I first moved to California, for me, that was always the forefront of the green revolution, right? Everyone is eco-friendly, everyone recycles, everyone hugs a tree in the morning, you know, California. And what really shocked me the most was kind of like the restaurant industry and how casual like the plastic was handled there. And everyone still was like, oh yeah, we need to protect the environment and the ocean and this and that. And this plastic thing was, was a, like when I came to California, I learned beach cleanups, I was saying, right? <laughs> so, but then we're at those restaurants and... They put a plastic cup of a huge plastic straw in front of you, like giving you your water when you sit down. And for me, it's like, well, what is this? Like, so this is a good and fancy and nice restaurant and the ocean is right there and you're putting this plastic right in front of me. They're like, is this McDonald's? <laughs> you know, like in Europe, that would be kind of offensive if someone gives you plastic in a nice restaurant. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was like, this is, where does this come from? Right? Like, why, why do people act like this and at the same time like saying well we need to clean up the ocean well while the problem is right in front of them right so there must be like a huge uh yeah misconception in in in, in the education about like this this plastic and recycling um and and all of that and so i was always looking for where is this green california everyone is talking about right can i just be tesla and um one day i read this article about um, that outdoor brand uh, from Ventura, Patagonia. So they've been making jackets and T-shirts all from recycled soda pop bottles since the 90s. And for me, it was like, holy cow, man, you can do that? I had no idea this is possible. You can, you can make a fabric and like then, then make T-shirts and stuff. So that was super cool. And back then there was like you know entrepreneurial spirit kicks in and i was reading the article on my laptop on my couch and just looking for pen and paper because i wasn't in the shower didn't have a pen and block with me there right so uh but anyway i'm getting off of the couch and um literally the first thing i saw was a was a stuffed animal stuffed seagull actually i once bought in college um um like went to college in hamburg and you know like i kind of loved seagulls they were always the, the sound of the ocean for me and for me, just seeing that stuff down was like, huh, if you can make a t-shirt out of recycled plastic, you certainly can can make it stuffed animal and it's the same fabric, right? And then yeah, really looking into that in the beginning, um, it was now what, six years ago, almost seven years ago. Um <laughs> it was like, so Malta, what do you guys do? Stuffed animals, plastic bottles, saving the ocean. Oh, good for you, buddy. Good luck. <laughs> and now we're we're um yeah, a couple of years later, and now it's like the most trending toy in the industry, right? Like we're running for um, a Toy of the Year award, which will be uh, the ceremony is this this Friday. So fingers crossed, hopefully it will win. Um, but it it came a long way, and it's literally like the the standard, you know. Like I kind of compare it to 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 the electric car movement with with Tesla, right? It's it has to be the small guy, it has to be. The, the innovative entrepreneur who is challenging the, the big companies to do it, right? Like a General Motors, a Ford, a Mercedes, a Chrysler. All of them had way more resources, could have easily done the electric car, but it was this crazy guy from the Bay Area who had liked to drive. And I think it's, 
yeah, there's no discussion now that there's going to be any way back from an electric car that literally is the future. And now we're seeing that in the, in the, in the stuffed animal, in the plush world too. And in general, the, the toy industry is, is heavily moving towards sustainability. Dude, it's, and, and your, your toys in general. So the first time that I, I felt one, and I think you did something like you were like, hey, what do you think this is made out of or whatever? And I was like, I don't know, this is really soft. And, and I've had them in my car, kind of around the house. And uh, I mean, I've got a blue whale. We can talk about that in a minute over there. And I loved handing it to someone or when they would pick it up and go, oh, this is cool. I'd say, what do you think that is made out of? And they would just be lost or like, I don't know, cotton or, you know, some type of animal or whatever it is. And they'd just be stumped because they knew it was kind of a trick question. And I'm like, it's made out of plastic, like recycled ocean plastic. And it is so freaking soft. Um, it's incredible. So how do you actually, are you, I don't know if you're allowed to like tell trade secrets or something, but <laughs> how do you get plastic out of the ocean? How does it become what that adorable thing is over there? So we, we are not getting it out of the ocean. So we are actually working on that. Um, that's going to come soon. So we're the first of the animal made from recycled plastic. Um, now we're on track to, to be from ocean plastic. Um, so that's in the progress. It's probably going to second quarter, second, maybe third quarter this year. Uh, we're going to have something to talk about that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a recycling. So for me, it was like showing, right? Like, I feel like there was this gap missing, right? Like everyone is like, oh, cool. Recycling. That sounds like a good idea. Oh, let's do it. But what actually happens, right? Like what actually happens in the cycle? Where's the product that is like coming out of the recycle bin, out of the trash can, if you will, right? Like what is created there? And yeah, like just, just showing it is possible. You can do that. Um, and I'm not saying recycling is, is the way like out of, out of this plastic pandemic, literally we have, um, but it, it needs to be resolved in one way or the other. If we think about it, like every piece of plastic we ever manufactured as a human species is still out there somewhere and we need to find solutions for that. And I think putting it to cute stuff, the animals and using the stuff, the animals to teach the kids that single use plastic is probably not the best idea. I think that's that's yeah something how we can can improve the world. I think that's pretty cool. And and this next thing might just get me in trouble with you. It might get me in trouble with a lot of people. But I I said this the other day, and I actually was getting to get my haircut today, and I said it in the salon, which are finally back open in California. Congratulations, everybody has quarantine hair. We can get that fixed finally. And when I was leaving, one of the ladies in the salon, she goes, "It was really interesting listening to you talk about climate change." Because I heard this this lady talking about climate change on, on Instagram and it just hit me like things have accumulated over in terms of information over a period of time. And I'm like, we're not talking about climate change. We're talking about climate control because let's take Mars as an example. Mars is a planet. The temperature, the weather, it does whatever it wants. I don't know what the climate is like on Mars. But the planet's fine, right? So when we talk about like climate change and protecting the planet here, I think what we're actually talking about is how do we keep humans alive and animals be for the long term? Because the weather's going to change. The weather's changed in the past. There's all this evidence and science that shows it was way hotter. There's this really interesting, you know, research that shows increasing CO2 emissions actually 
helps plants. I mean, that's why plants thrive in here. You know, they get CO2, they can grow. There is a point of impact where it seems like it might be detrimental, but the, the planet, you know, if, if humans died off, like the planet would keep going, it's just fine. It's a planet, you know, the sun's going to run out of fumes at some point. So I've been thinking about this and it has changed how I think about, and I'm not saying let's go litter the planet and throw mm. a bunch of plastic out there. It's absolutely not what I'm saying, but how we word things and how we talk about them really matters. So I don't know. It's just been kind of fascinating to me lately to think of, we're really just looking at the survival of the human species and any obviously adorable dolphins and adorable animals out there, but the planet itself, it's not like we're going to blow the thing up. Yeah. I think that's, it's kind of what we humans do though. Um, not that we like, you know, nuke the entire thing and it just like disappears from the universe. I mean, that's probably uh, in the, the time and the age of the universe. I mean, this is happening to planets too, right? It's, uh, we are like a, like in, in, in history of times, we are like a, like a, like a millisecond blink even, right? Like the planet is, is pretty old we live on uh <laughs> human species we've been around for like what five thousand years top ten thousand years right so yeah. like it's it's that and um it's we're affecting definitely with with pollution um the the, the planet and and the the climate and and the, the the air quality and and everything like we do that and any change to the climate that that is happening to this planet is we will, will be really hard to maintain the lifestyle we developed as human species. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about like most major cities, they are very close to the coast. They are very close to the water and those kind of things that are really uh, impacted, right? Like if you have New York City and uh, the Bay Area, if you have like seawater level rise there, they are in big trouble, right? Like those, mm -hmm. those two cities that are major cities um, and that goes all around the world. It's like London is pretty much, you know, like if, if the uh, the river there like goes up, Thames goes up, um, the, that city like Amsterdam, like they are building like all those floodgates, the entire, the entire country of, of the Netherlands is under sea level. So... Yeah, that's that's where everyone is, you know, with, with, with the climate change uh, that we need to stop that is to maintain the cities, is to maintain the, the lifestyle we build. And for me, that's why I really do think that the um, for me personally, that I like to focus on on ocean or on plastic pollution because. With the climate change, yes, it does affect animals too. Um, but like nature in itself is able to to adapt to many things, right? Like we're literally um, trying to keep our lifestyle that we have um, available. And with with plastic pollution, it's really we don't give nature a chance, right? We're like mm -hmm. polluting nature. This ends up in places um, animals choke to death, especially sea mm -hmm. animals. And that's just like something that that I can, well, I don't want to to be part of. And I made it the mission myself to, you know, really commit commit everything that I can do personally to stop that, slow it down, reverse it. We'll see how far we can get. I think that's freaking cool too. I think we have a, you know, it's yeah, it's not like a 
ah, the world's going to be fine. You know, I'm not saying like, uh, you know, go shit in your neighbor's lawn. (laughs) It'll be okay. Nature will take care of it. I think we do have a responsibility. And that's what I hear from you is like my role as a human on this planet. Like I recognize that we have these problems. I'm taking responsibility for it. I think it's freaking awesome what you're doing. Uh, I know that you go and educate kids a lot too. And I, I have a big, like, I think about this all the time. Like, what can I do to be a better person so that my nieces, my nephews, like kids that I come into contact, like, so, I mean, that's, they matter so much, the impact we have on them. What, what are you doing out there with the kids and the schools and how's that going? Yeah, so I mean, this is this is literally right. The the show bodies is is the vehicle, right, to reach the kids. It's it's really that. And I always say, we're not really doing it for the kids. We're doing it with the kids. And the kids, they already know that, right? It's the kids. They 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 feel it. They see something is not right. And some of them take action and really want to change, right? They they really demand change. I mean, we're seeing. Like those Friday for Futures and all those movements, uh, Greater Sunberg, like like all of that. Those are kids, right? Those are now the new voices for for the planet, if you will. And um, we'll show about it. It's just like we we want to support that, right? We want to get those kids a platform, uh, help them to to reach more and 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 make the change in the world. And um, that kind of like dials into like being being the better person. It's yeah, be the change you want to see. It sounds cliche, but it really is like that. Like every time I'm on the beach, um, fortunately, it's a lot of times here in San Diego. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Um, it's like, yeah, pick up some some trash, right? And then like take it take it with me off the beach and y- you see it, it affects people, right? It's just by leading that example, you see people like, why are you doing that? And seeing that and like sometimes they ask questions, sometimes they just look at you, but... Yeah, you, you're touching lives by your actions. And I think that's really a success. It's like how many lives you, you touch, right? This is really like how, how success is. And um, yeah, I think that's, that's a good way to, to lead. Just, yeah. Michael Jackson said it too, right? Like, when to start, change the world, start with the man in the mirror. Uh, that guy said a lot of things, but that's pretty cool. The man in the mirror. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a project that I'm working on, and it's not like it's a. It's sad because it's not original in that sense. Like, I mean, really, just I think from from learning from other people, reading things. I mean, like Tony Robbins has his, you know, different areas of life, and the Dave Duran guy I mentioned, he's got what he calls like the six spinning plates. He wrote a book called perpetual motivation about it. And just over time as I've, I've looked at some of the things we've talked about, like consistency, um, impact, like contribution. So I have been working, I don't even know if you can see it up there, but if you see all the writing on the mirror up there, mm. yeah. So I know it's shaped like a pyramid. It's not an Illuminati pyramid. I just happened to think that, that was the best shape to put out what I'm working on. And there's a program at the end of 2019 that I started developing called Leveling Up Leaders and uh, put the project on hold a little bit during 2020. A lot of other activities like increased for me in my world. And so I didn't give it the like attention that it deserves. I've been working on it again, kind of at, at night and, and weekends and like five o'clock in the morning, kind of the, the off hours. And 
it's essentially these these different areas of life and i have sort of you can call them new age terms for them but it's the the building blocks for just being a great human like being a happy person you know leaving a legacy you found the secret to happiness uh yeah wouldn't that be cool man i don't know i get people all the time they're like why are you so positive all the time and i'm like well i like to be realistic but it just feels better to like be optimistic about things why wouldn't you um but i don't know that's a you know you don't have to be positive to to be yeah. a good person so. and i think that's really really important um, for, for optimists so many people get that wrong what an optimist is right it's like oh yeah you're so optimistic and, and this and that while it's still acknowledging that that the the moment right now is not the perfect moment. An optimist is totally aware of that. An optimist is not delusional. Just being an optimist is always knowing there's a better future to come. Yeah. If you're going to go shoot some baskets at the basketball court, what's going to happen if every single shot you go, this one's probably not going to go. This one's probably not going to go either. Hmm, I don't think the next one's going to make it. How many of those shots are you going to make? Probably zero. You might get lucky, but I'd rather step up to, to everything in life and go, I'm going to do my best to make this shot. I'm going to do my, I know that I'm going to miss X percentage of time, but I'm going to keep taking those shots. And that's, to me, that's like more of the actual optimistic positivity thing. Um, yeah, you know. Wayne Gretzky said earlier, like I, I grew up playing hockey, right? So mm -hmm. he was a big idol, like was still active when I, when I played. Um, and uh, one of his big favorites, uh, well, famous sayings is, right? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Dude, yeah. Take shots all day. I know that, um, I stopped taking shots on the dating apps like we were talking about earlier because no more of those. Got to watch out for those shots. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have to be careful what, what you catch with those shots, man. <laughs> oh, oh, you might end up with the penicillin shots. That's a terrible joke. But um, dating is a whole nother topic. It's really interesting, especially with like quarantine times and how old we are and stuff like that. But um, for for life. Yes. Yeah, so what I was, I was talking about with that, with that program though, you, you talked about impact, like influence, things like that. Uh, it's this, this concept that again, I've, I've borrowed from other people and kind of put my own twist on. I mean, there's books about it. You can find psychology literature, but it's that when you are, are living life a certain way and you've tied these things together and the things that you do on a daily recurring basis, touch all of these areas, you just, like you feel better you're you have more influence and control every day so the the first the bottom concept that i have is tribe essentially just the people around you family friends sometimes friends or family i've had families adopt me at later stages in life that's family to me you know some people believe spiritual family from another planet that type of stuff there's essentially that then the the next kind of rung that i have is body mind and spirit You know, some people go, hey, I'm an atheist. Like, what do you mean spirit? Cool. Just call it like the spirit of being a person that, you know, spirit of joy. You don't have to call it a soul or a trans, you know, it'll being or something like that. But you have to take care of your body. You don't have to be a fitness freak. But you got to keep that thing in check. Your mind, um, your mind is like a, it's literally like a garden. It's also, I think you have to treat your mind like your body. Like you have to work it out. You have to exercise thoughts. You have to talk to people. You have to write things down. Like you can't just let all these things build up in there, roll around, get get mumbled and crumbled. Like you have to work them out in some way, shape, or form. Go see a therapist. Talk to your friends. Make sure your friends are people that you can talk to to actually work these thoughts out. They're not just going to bounce them back in and make them work, right? And then in spirit, you know, some people it's meditation, whatever. That might just be hanging out with your kids, like that kind of stuff. Um, but then there's like work or purpose. We, we hear all this like buzzwords or 
follow your passion, follow your mm. purpose. It's basically that whatever thing that you set out to do on a daily basis um, has to be generative. It has to help other people. And then that's tied to, to impact or contribution. So when you can do work, you know, and I'd, I'd say most work, most activity, most productivity has some sort of impact on the world. But I think the more you can tie your work to impact, like you with Shore Buddies, influence these, these kids, uh, the last part of this whole equation is money or currency. And what's another word for currency? I think of current, I think of energy. So all of these things stacked up when you do them right, you don't have to focus on money because money becomes the outcome of doing all these things in, a, in the right way. So uh, there you go. There's my long yeah, I, and I think that's that, that that's a great analogy, Derek. It's um, and I, I thought about that with currency before too. Um, it's it's flow was the was the translation for me, right? Like ocean currents, and like it all goes in in a certain direction, right? And like all follows something. And currency, what does it follow? Like it 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 flows. The money flows, and that's where like looking at successful people, it's. The, the success, and that's a lot of times measured in, in money, is um, yeah really based on you know the impact these people have um, and by the lives they touch. And that's I think it's that's from from the really big ones in the in the business, right? The really ones who who move the the movers and shakers, they all were not in the game for for the money to begin with. That kind of like came out of the result. Yeah. Anybody I've done business with for any extended period of time um, that, I, that I think has been in it just for the money, uh, I've like stopped doing it. It came to a certain point where it like wasn't, wasn't worth it to work that person. You can kind of recognize that. And it, you know, it wasn't worth the energy to work with somebody that maybe on the outside seemed like it wanted to help people. Maybe, you know, I, I like to believe that all people are intrinsically good. You could argue that all day. Not everybody's good, but it helps me live life when I go. This person's not trying to harm somebody. Like they're just, um, they're trying to. There's a fear under there. They're trying to protect something. They're trying to do something they think is right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you said earlier, like entrepreneurship is a lifestyle. Mm. Um, that's because of social media, it's a super popular quote unquote lifestyle. Well, yeah, but it's, I, I'm not really saying like we, we are rock stars or anything yeah. like that. I mean, yeah, sure. You know, some like live it up and like, you know, flash the Ferraris and the Rolexes, but the lifestyle is more, you just don't clock out. Like <laughs> there's no like, okay, that's it. Five o'clock. I'll see you tomorrow. Like, and I'm not saying, you know, they are not people that, that are working like hard and they, you know, doing um, like overtime and like keep, you know, having the, the job on their mind. But as a as an entrepreneur grading things, it's it's really different, right? Like we talked about that earlier, the sacrifices, right? There's no there's no like family vacation, maybe if there is like a big investor meeting, if there, you know, is, is that, that product presentation and all of that, it really, um, that, that always goes and comes first, right? There's never too late. There's never too early. And there's, 
the discipline that you have to do those certain things, right? That you not going out with the boys on a Saturday night and, and get drunk at the bars and then, you know, having a lot of fun or a conversation with a friend of mine uh, the other day where she was telling me um, that, yeah, like, you know, I kind of want to have like a flexible schedule. So like when something comes up, I don't like to make um, appointments, um, like, you know, so fun advance, like if someone wants to go wakeboarding, <laughs> it's like, I was a lot of Saturdays, like I just did not go wakeboarding, you know, like I would have mm -hmm. loved to, but there are, you know, other things. It's, and again, it's like this delayed, delayed uh, clarification, I guess it's. I, uh, I often use the example, there was a birthday party that I missed once for a family member and they were pretty upset. They couldn't quite understand it. I said, I, I love you to death. I just like, I have some things I have to do. Like I'm at this point where I'm building something, I'm growing. There's nobody else that can do this thing that I need to do. It's at the same time. I wish you'd give me earlier notice. I mean, that's part of it. Give me more than three days notice. Like, I mean, I should have mm. known the birthday was coming up. I could put it on the calendar, but I didn't know there's gonna be a party. And you know, it's I always like to look at myself first. Um, but one is that you as an entrepreneur, you really have to look at the calendar ahead quite a bit to make sure you have the right things plugged in. Yeah, but, uh, my, my life is that dictated by my calendar, but like in a good way and in a bad way, like it's like uh, everything goes on there. And <laughs> I that started when I first started uh, really putting the, the calendar, everything on it, like uh, <laughs> put like calls and, and, and stuff with my with my parents and my brother. Like my brother asked me once, like, well, you're putting me on your calendar? Seriously? Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I have oh, to. I still, <laughs> I, yeah, it's funny, those, those conversations, but you need structure, structure beats chaos mm. chaos is how you fail a business so you don't right. want that but there's this family member later on which was the cool part was all that work that i put in then um made it so that i was able to do so much more for future birthdays like big stuff because i had made those short-term sacrifices for the long-term success now you could argue people are like you know yolo live in the moment you never know how long you're gonna live yeah but for the most part like the short-term sacrifices are, are worth it if i don't know if i'm gonna live to be 100 but I, i'm gonna plan for it just in case yeah yeah but i think that's 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 it's a tough balance and um i i personally struggle with uh at least five times before eight o'clock <laughs> um it's yeah really when 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 do you do that um when do you you know have those successes that you celebrate like i think it's it's really important to do that and and do the fun things in life right like yeah it's 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 not that you need to like party your ass off um every thursday to to sunday night um you know like i think they're important stuff that you you have to do um but I think it's, you know, life, life is also meant to be fun and doing those kind of things. I think it's, it's really important. You may have experienced this. I know I still experience it after years, which is, it's fun for me. Like I turn into a fun conversation when people are like, happy Friday, it's the weekend. And I just like to ask them like, what does that mean? Yeah. And they go, and they're just very confused sometimes. Like if they don't, if they've never like had their own business or worked in that kind of a thinking environment around business owners or, or had a, a passion project, 
they're literally just a lot of times I like, can't wait for the weekend. Yeah, so when you say, yeah, you, 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 I'm sure like people have that reaction when you say that. It's kind of like the DM, the end of headlights. Like, oh, wait, what? Yeah, nobody's <laughs> ever asking that. Well, what, like, what does the weekend mean to you? Oh, it's a, a celebration. A celebration of what? That you hate the other five days of the week? Like, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awful. I'm like, ugh. But, uh, yeah. So, sacrifices. You've been, you've had shore buddies for seven years. Yeah. You've been in the U.S. for how long? Ten years. Ten years. What are some of the biggest sacrifices that you've made? Who Biggest sacrifices. Um, definitely a lot of vacations uh, that I did not have. Um, a lot of... Yeah, like 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 short trips or going like like um yeah, one thing comes to mind is like snowboarding and skiing. I, I don't think I've been like in the last uh, eight years. Uh, um that's painful to hear. Yeah, I know, I know, <laughs> those kind of things. Um but yeah, like it's then not seeing family, not seeing um yeah, parents and, and my brother's family, they're they're in Germany, so um, I try to like, you know, go over there as, as much as I can and combine it with like business trips, but obviously you cannot be at every single Thursday. And, um, so yeah, that's definitely there. And then, you know, other things it's, yeah, there, there are certain times, right? <laughs> like when, when you start out a business where like, uh, cash flow becomes, becomes an issue and then it's like, oh, okay, like, I guess we are not eating that fancy tonight and it's going to be a quesadilla and beans. Hmm. Actually, it's making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Nothing like a good quesadilla. Well, this is pretty cool, man. I know it's getting late. It's, uh, what is it, Thursday night? What day is it? Is it Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday. I think it's a Wednesday it's night. Wednesday. Wow. Yeah. They're all just one giant day. I was just talking about what's the weekend. So, uh, um, is there anything in particular? I mean, I just appreciate you coming by and, and participating in this, getting to talk about shore buddies. I mean, I still have a couple more questions for you actually regarding your business and, and those kind of things. Was there anything that like, you wanted to just plug or, or talk about in general? Yeah, I think it's just like, um, I really enjoyed the, the conversation. I think it was awesome and uh, it's great. And I love to talk about those things and, you know, like, uh, getting ideas out there and you know like vibing with people like really is like you know we're back to everything's kind of energy you know like the energy you, you have in a room comes like from the people a lot of times um or well, we want to go a little deeper like it comes from the anyways um <laughs> the ether yeah i don't <laughs> we're just like absorbing it and like spreading it and turning it around mm -hmm. um but no i'm i'm, I'm just really really happy and, and, and grateful you know like it's as I said it's like a life decision or like not necessarily know if it's a life decision but feel for like a lot of entrepreneurs it's kind of like a mindset and once you once you're there um it, it's really hard to go back to to like a regular job um to, to nine to five or like you know any any type of work it's it's really um there's a lot of like creatives out there us entrepreneurs and we want to build something you know we want to do something and a lot of us don't really like to be told what to do mm -hmm. yeah that's i think that's why a lot of people get into business they go there's some sense of like a little bit of ego like i can do that better or i want to do this different and um i regularly think about something i read in a book five or six years ago 
And it was, the book wasn't even about this. It was like one page or like one paragraph in this book, but that's just how my brain works. I'm like, here's this book about all this great stuff. And then it's like one thing. I'm like, that's what I like out of the whole book. And it talked about anytime you're going to make a decision to commit to something, um, how you can actually measure. So you're talking about the secret of happiness. Hey, maybe I do have a little bit of uh, the mm -hmm. secret of happiness. Um, it says that you can measure whether it's a job or a relationship. I, I mostly think about this in the business world with jobs or businesses or anything that if you, if you ask yourself these questions and you rate yourself on a scale of zero to 10 for each of these categories, that you'll be able to predict with a certain level of certainty how happy you'll actually be at this venture. And so it's, it's three things. It's again, these are on a scale of, of zero to 10, but it's the first one is autonomy, like a level of freedom. Um, I break it down a little more than the book does because the book keeps it simple around this. But when I think of that and I think of entrepreneurship and, and, and how people do things, there's, if you're a 10, you're like a bald eagle, right? So you just want to fly above everybody else, do everything on your own. I think that's a solopreneur. And I think that's a much harder journey where a lot of people fail and struggle because it's much better to have a team around you. Even if the team isn't able to do things exactly like you do them, you have to get over some of that back to our progress over perfection earlier. So if you're an entrepreneur, you probably want like a seven or an eight somewhere around there to have systems and teamwork. Some people have to be, you have to be super self-aware though. You might be a zero or a one, like a limbing, like everybody's going in that direction. Like put me in line, let me walk off the cliff. Some people are super happy with that. I think that's cool. Like if they're happy with that, that's okay. It's not me. You know, it's obviously not you, but you have to know where you're at on that, on that scale of zero to 10. So that's the first one, a certain level of freedom, autonomy. The second thing is, is complexity. Uh, does this sound familiar? Not in your head. Like, yeah, no, that? absolutely. And the, like, it's, I'm, I'm so with you on that, on that solopreneur thing. Uh, that's one thing I, I, I learned with, with Shore Buddies and then, then there's a couple of other projects uh, that like, you know, happened uh, later on and then happening right now, working a couple of interesting things like um, other businesses. And for me, it's, I, if I would do anything over again, I would not start by myself, but in reality, I, I did not even have another choice, right? It was, it was like, I'm, I'm a first generation immigrant. I, I know I don't look like one. <laughs> I'm white, I'm male. I look like I'm like born and raised here in Southern California. But de facto, I'm like a first, first generation immigrant. Um, and uh, yeah, paid for my, my own immigration. Um, wasn't achieved. Like for the green card um, came, came, yeah, because of the business, you know, kind of like, like that really all led to it and the business. Not sure about this, but before that, I had a, a IT consulting company, and kind of like I knew deep inside me, I always kind of wanted to do something myself, um, but you know, I didn't really was ready for that. Like when I left my corporate job back in Germany, I thought like I come here and just you know go straight back to to project management and all those kind of things for for a company, but. Uh, yeah, like the the job market in San Diego was just, um, I guess at that time I had like a like a like an ego. It's like I'm not gonna start working for for that, right? Like you come from a six digit salary, and all of a sudden they tell you like, yeah, you're entry level, like uh, like 
college graduate. And I was like, well, I'll just start my own company right? and um, started doing that. And uh, yeah, like that was kind of like, I guess, the, 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 the start down the rabbit hole. And um, yeah, from that, but team is, team is really, really important. And I am worried with that. Like, it's like being the, the, the eagle just flying above, like looking at everything and always be ready to attack. That's not a healthy way to, to, to run a business. And I say that with proud now, and now we build a team, right? Like I didn't have the co-founders or, or, or something like that in the beginning, but now we'll build a team like um, like in a worldwide team. And I always say jokingly, but I say it before proud is I only know half the shit that is going on in this company. <laughs> and that's uh, that's old school Henry Ford stuff when they put him on stand and they're like, you don't know how to do this, you don't know how to do that. And he goes, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I, I have a lot of people I can pick up the phone, call them, and, and they know how to do it. And that's that makes me super smart because I can use my energy for other things, basically. So. So that's cool on the on the first one. So then let's hit the other two. So the second one is complexity. And when I think of this, I think, um, you know, you brought up Elon Musk. I'm not an engineer. I have no desire to be an engineer. I've, I think it's cool that we can colonize Mars. I'm not going to participate in that because it's not my skill set or my desire. So if you put me in the SpaceX program and told me to figure some stuff out, it's going to be so complex and just not in my wheelhouse at this point in life, I'm gonna get frustrated. I might even give up, right? So if something is a 10, it's just too hard. There's too much complexity. We're not built for it. Um, and we'll get frustrated and stop. So it can't be a 10, but it also can't be a zero because if it's a zero or too low on this scale, we get bored. And so if you wake up every day and you're like, I can't wait to go to my boring job. Now I, I had a really cool job in like my mid twenties and it put me through college. I worked in this uh, wealth management firm with celebrity athletes. It was great. But uh, one of the reasons I did so well there, like I was like a file boy when I first started because it's, it's kind of a cool story. The CEO's mom basically told him he had to hire me. It was 2008 and there were no jobs. And I was leaving my job because they wouldn't give me time for college. And she tells him like, you have to hire this guy. So I show up and he's like, my mom said, I have to hire you. What can you do? <laughs> right. And it, yeah. And I was like, whatever you want me to do, I'll figure it out. And he looked at me like I was crazy. So they put me in the file room and I got, I was so bored. This goes back to having time for creativity too, but I was so <laughs> bored that this thing that took them like three, four or five days, sometimes like multiple people, I was like, you know, what do they say? If you're, if you want something done, like give it to a lazy person. <laughs> I was like, ah, this is the most arduous, insane task. So I, I figured it out, like how to do it in a half a day. And then I just had all this free time and I was like, cool, I'm bored again. Right. But that's kind of what helped me work through the company really fast. I got my own office, like super fast, that kind of stuff. Um, they're like, wow, this has been taking us this long for years. And you just like basically saved us a salary. Like this other person retired because they didn't have work to do anymore. But, uh, um, but over time, if something like that is super boring, like I found myself sitting in the office going like, there's these tasks aren't, aren't stretching me. Like, I don't have this like growth thing that's happening here. Like I can see what the next 10 years hold for me or 15 years. So I got so bored that I decided to move to Brazil. But so, so there's two ends of that side, right? Uh, if it's too hard, we give up. Um, if it's too easy, we get bored. We're not passionate. We can be sad, all these other things. You have to have the right level of complexity. Yeah. And I think that's um, what really like, 
is huge similarity with that is with goal setting, right? So like um like what what I really discovered with goal setting is like the, the secret to it is um they have to challenge you a lot and scare you a little. Mm. And that's really I feel like the the, the key with, with complexity, right? Like you always get to to a point um if someone presents you an opportunity say yes and figure out later i think richard branson said that but he's a crazy bastard so um but it, it kind of goes there but i also learned over years that just because the opportunity presents in front of you like you don't always have to take it you know there's mm -hmm. like a really important to to like being able to say no um to certain things and a lot of a lot of us creatives, you know, kind of like, I want to say get used, but <laughs> lack of a better word, it's like getting used, right? Kind of like the idea, like, uh, if you don't follow your own dreams, someone else hires you to to build out theirs. Mm -hmm. And that's that's something like you're really trying to avoid. Yeah. You you don't want to say no too much, or you don't want to say, you don't want to say yes too much. You have to say, learn to say no to some things, but you also, again, there, there's so many, there's so much minutiae to these things we're talking about, right? Because I know I've said, I've said no to things that could have worked out really well. Uh, a buddy of mine that I work with now, his name is Brian Gilchrist, super cool guy out in Texas. Um, we first met, you know, I was like 20 years old and I was a sales manager at this 24-hour fitness in Reno. He's like a personal trainer, dude from Boston. He's like, mm. you know, hustler kind of mentality guy. He comes over and sits down at my desk and he's like, I need, you know, 3,500 from you. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, we both got to come up with $3,500. Like, let's do this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, there's a, a business that we can buy into. He's like, we're going to be one of the first people. All we got to do is buy this thing and we get the rights to like all of this part of Nevada and some part of like the California border, like Tahoe area. He's like, it's going to be huge. And I was like, you sound like you're full of baloney. I don't know you that well, hustler guy from Boston, like. Nah, you're crazy. I was this big skeptic, right? Mm -hmm. the, the story was he he was like, we're going to take these boxes and we're going to put them in front of grocery stores and people are going to put their debit card and credit card in them and they're going to get movies out of them. Oh, what was it? It was like um, Red, Red, no. It was Redbox. Redbox. Yeah. I'm being super skeptical because, and th I mean, this is another reason I don't pay. I mean, this is like, a, I was 20, so I had to learn not to pay attention to the media. Like my grandparents love the news. So I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, it's the news. And it really sound negative and how much garbage was in it. But the hot topic around then was how there was a lot of fraud happening at gas stations and people putting their debit cards in. So people weren't really trusting uh, these new concepts. I mean, this is 2005. It's 2005. Different world back then. Mm -hmm. So there was all this like, I just, all this skepticism and like, no way, man, this is not happening. Well, I mean, if we had done that, uh, well, you and I wouldn't be talking right now, most likely, because I might be living a different lifestyle by the, you know, that might, would have changed my twenties for sure. But I learned that lesson of like, be a, a healthy skeptic. Don't say, don't say no to everything. So the next time that guy actually brought me an opportunity, it, it changed my life and it was huge and it's pretty cool. And we're still really good friends, but, um, so you have to say, you have to say yes sometimes, uh, but you have to learn to say no. So you, how to assess when to do that, I think is a really valuable skill. It's a really valuable skill. I 100% agree, but sometimes it's the the right opportunity just comes at the wrong time. Mm. That also, that also happens. It's we we'll all just have this 24 hour 
a day, right? That's kind of like our limit. I mean, if we skip lunch, we have an extra hour, mm -hmm. but that's, that's just like all what we what we have to deal with. And um, it just depends on what you want to like do in those 24 hours. And I'm always puzzled when I hear, oh yeah, I was so bored. I just watched TV or just mm. watched a movie. Like there's nothing wrong with like watching things and doing, you know, those kind of things. But for me, the, 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 the shocking is like, I'm bored. Like, I don't remember the last time I was bored. I mean, there's, there's so many things out there to do and then stuff. And yeah, that's just, just like something that never happens to me. I, I love to say that boredom is a disease. When one of my, you know, again, I love my nieces and nephews. So I talk about them a lot, but when I hear them say they're bored, for one, I, I think it's, I think you do have to have quote unquote boredom, but it shouldn't be a perpetual thing. You know, if you're a kid, you can get creativity. Like we were talking about earlier, you know, great ideas come out of kind of this downtime. Um, if you're perpetually bored as an adult, uh, you know, if you're happy, that's cool. If you're happy being bored. Okay. If you're saying I'm bored, quote, you know, slash I'm unhappy, that's a different conversation. And, uh, so like I kind of schedule time to be bored. I schedule Sunday morning going to Coronado beach at 6am when nobody else is there. I'm sitting there and my phone is turned off or somewhere like I'm, I'm quote unquote bored. I'm, I'm really just creating downtime, rest time, like we were talking mm -hmm. about earlier, but, uh, but I'm, I'm in nature. I'm doing something exciting. It's like a high energy, uh, activity. So yeah, just boredom is a disease. Like if, if you're doing it on accident all the time, it's a energy suck. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say um, like disease is such a strong word. <laughs> That's why I like I it. That's why I say it. I'm like, yeah, it's a yeah, it's, quit being bored. It's it's good. I mean, like it's there are solutions to it, you know. And like uh, that's that's kind of like boredom might be like a mild form of of a depression. It's um, a curable disease. But yeah, it's hundred percent a curable disease. It's not like just 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 do something, you know. Like yeah. it's there's there's so many things to do. Uh, so last thing, we'll cover that last thing. So we got three things that make us happy, right? So we mm -hmm. have uh, the right level of autonomy, complexity. the right level of complexity. So it has to be the right challenge for us, mentally, physically, whatever. And the third thing is uh, a correlation, or we'll call it a relationship between effort and reward. And I think mm. a lot of entrepreneurs, yeah, I think a lot of entrepreneurs get, get started because uh, because they don't have the right level of autonomy. They are doing something that's either too easy or, or just usually too easy, in my opinion, or in my experience. And they're also going like, even if I put all my effort into this, the reward isn't what I'm looking for. And so that, that correlation, you also really need to be like, you have to have perspective on what that actually means. Because I've also heard people say things like, I'm not getting what I'm worth. And if you really dig into that and you look at how much value you bring, if you're, if you're making an hourly wage, for example, mm -hmm. like what is the actual value of that hour? Maybe you're worth more, but where you're spending your time, there is not enough, there's not a value in that particular activity to create the outcome that you're looking for. So you have to find that equal match. Yeah. And I think like a reward is something that's really hard. And I feel like that's really hard, especially when just first starting out or when you're younger. And uh, um, just today we had a um, work a lot with like uh, college students. I think that's it's really important, especially with, with the pandemic now, like I feel bad actually for a lot of college kids that uh, 
that's the best time in college, you know, like meeting like-minded people, like getting out from, 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 from the house, from the parents, moving out, being in college, being with a bunch of, you know, people in the same situation in life. And most friends you make uh, in your life is, is a college, you know, like that's, that's where everyone is kind of like in the same situation. It's like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm here. I'm still trying to figure that out. Right. So like you really with people in the same situation in life. And uh, also there are parties every time, all the time uh, somewhere. And that's kind of like, um, yeah, taking away now from, from those students. Um, and I was very fortunate when I was in college, I kind of had like this dual education where it was like for four years um, that it was eight weeks in college and then eight weeks with a company kind of like in a trainee position. And um, I really believe that kind of like spiraled my, my career. Um, like because I already had that 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 work experience, and that's what I'm trying to to tell a lot of the college students these days is that you have to get that work experience and also realize that the world has shifted. Right? It's like this idea of working forty, fifty, sixty hours a week, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think that's a thing of the past. Hmm. It's time it's like right you're like kind of getting paid for your value not for mm-hmm. for like the time you spend there and i see it a lot of in, in, in corporate but now um there's more movement towards like home office remote working from here and there and it's i think it's it, it, there should be like results driven and like hard you know deadlines mm-hmm. and and it, it's everything still needs to be measurable but i personally have for our employees, for our interns, for our contractors, I don't give a damn like how long they need it for that mm-hmm. as long as the deadline is met. If you are able to pull up this 120-hour project in like four hours, good for you. Sit on the beach the rest of the time, go surfing, go biking, start your own business, write a book. I don't give a damn. But if you take 160 hours, you should check yourself. This is legitimately one of my favorite topics in terms of time compression. There's a, there's actually a business term for it and it, it could use a better name because it's called Parkinson's law. And mm-hmm. I mean, that has smothered, you know, that's associated with Parkinson's disease, which is not super exciting at all. Uh, but it's called Parkinson's law. And it's essentially, you know, if, if I'm at my desk and I'm an employee and you're my boss and you come by and you're like, Hey, can you, you know, get this to me whenever you have mm-hmm. time, I'm going to that could take me a month, you know? Um, but if you come by and you're like, Hey, I need this in a half an hour, all Mm. of a sudden I'm done in 25 minutes. And so there are things that, uh, activities that if we gave ourselves a deadline, this, this simple, I actually applied this to fitness when all the gyms closed down in California and I had to adapt and we all had to adapt. So I'm not like a special, like, Oh, my gym closed. Everybody's gym closed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing a home workout with kettlebells. You can see the freaking fitness bike that looks like it doesn't belong next to the desk. But, uh, my home workout sucked compared to what was happening at the gym. And I, I thought about this Parkinson's, you know, law. And I thought about why, why are my gym workouts so much more effective? Well, one, I'm outside of the house. It's probably a big part of it. But two is I, I generally give myself a time limit. I go, I'm going to get these six, seven, five exercises done, this amount of cardio, like these things are going to be done by, you know, in 60 minutes or 50 minutes. So mm-hmm. I have a, I have to move through it in a faster way. 
So all I did was download this app on my iPad. That's like a timer app and set up rounds like you would boxing rounds and said, all right, cool. I'm doing, you know, 12, uh, two minute rounds of, of kettlebell stuff. Mm. My workouts changed, my mood changed. Everything came just from having that little ding next thing. I was getting more done in less time. I felt better. Um, and we can do that with anything in life, especially business. We have tools, we have technology. We can use, you know, fire once upon a time was technology. We used to have to chew food for long periods of time. Now we can heat it up, chew it a little faster. So if we use the tools, the technology, the things we have available, we can get more done in less time. Yes, 100%. And uh, I feel like that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are trying to do. And we said that earlier, right? Like, if you want to get something done, give it a lazy person. Like, uh, look at the remote control. Like, it was a guy who <laughs> was like, I want to get up from the couch and change the station. It's, yeah, it's it's that. And it's just... Yeah, be being being smart and, and and clever with your time, and um, we're still at a at a stage I feel in society where, and especially in, in in the corporate world, where it's just being there, being present, right? Like it's, it's funny sometimes I um, talk to friends who are have corporate jobs and like all this office drama, all this. <laughs> you know like things they they like uh meeting bingos and stuff like that and all those kind of mm -hmm. like bullshit it's um it's interesting you know it's like oh yeah there's there's a lot of time waste there you know it's like that your workplace almost becomes like your tribe mm -hmm. like you just had hang out you know like so many people you hear um yeah i'm not really happy with my, i love my co-workers it's, it's it's good for you i guess yeah and that's i think Team culture, there's something to be said for that. Do you have a, I know you have some business principles, but um, actually that kind of made me curious about culture in general. Do you have like a, a cultural statement that you tap into with your employees on a regular basis or is it just like you're all on the same page? Um, we we do like, uh, like an all hands meeting, um, like once a month where we go over that. Um, and we... Well, learned that really like last year was was like a big uh, little shift. You know, it's kind of like um, you need everyone to be on the on the same vision, on the same team, and culture is, is very very important in a business. Culture beats talent all the time. Mm -hmm. Hustle beats talent if talent doesn't hustle, and mm -hmm. that's really really important for building our teams, especially when you are remote. You you know back to is like. What is that North Star that everyone can align to and can follow? And, you know, when as a business owner, like one of the, the, the things like that, that makes me proud every single time is like when people talk about, yeah, we, us, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, and the quicker it's kind of like becomes a game, right? The quicker, like when you onboard someone, the quicker they say that, it's like we're doing a good job in culture. Yeah, man, we together, you know, um, you said it earlier, you said doing something with people instead of like to them, some version of that. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can hear it in someone's language. I mean, it's it's really common if you're an entrepreneur going back to those three things and you and you have a sense of going, I can do this better. You have a healthy ego. Like that's an ego thing. Like I can do this better. 
And that's, that's good. That can be healthy. But when it comes down to all the time, if you're running your business or your job or anything, and it's like, I, 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 me, 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 you know, here's what I want you to do. Um, things are just less smooth for the most part. And if you want to really watch your life level up, you figure out how to change those statements and conversations into an us or a we or how it would benefit the other person and create those win-win-win situations like a win for the person you're working with, a win for whatever, whoever's going to benefit the most, like community or something from that project. And then you just, by default, you're like, oh, wow. Like you get a win, they get a win. Look at that. I got a win from helping others. Pretty, pretty basic, but pretty big. Yeah. I feel like that's, that's, that's a good entrepreneur. It's a good leader in general is the one who gives credit to the team. You know, it's like, I always say, you take the blame and you give the success, you give the wins to the team. Mm. That's, that's the way to, to lead. And um, what really, like one big athlete, uh, former Formula One race driver, Michael Schumacher, uh, um, and I was a big fan as a kid. And I think like now every, every race driver talks like that, but he was back then the only one who always said, we, yeah, we won this race, we won this, we were here, da, da, da. And then when you made a mistake, it's like, yeah, I, I lost the car. Mm -hmm. Right, but it was always there was not one win that was him. It was always we, us here, uh, the team, and uh, some people got annoyed with that. Remember, mm -hmm. it's like why is he always talking we? He's in the car. He's the driver. Mm -hmm. It's like mm, you're not getting the big picture. Yeah, it's cool, man. I think that's a great way to to end this and wrap it up. And uh, hey, maybe we'll do it again. You seem like a pretty cool guy. I feel like I've known you for a little bit now, but uh, this is super fun. Give yourself a plug. So we got Shore Buddies, Instagram, whatever website, however you want to Yeah, go go check it out. Uh, ShoreBuddies.com. Um, potentially the, the plush of the year 2021. We'll know this Friday. Uh, follow us on Instagram at ShoreBuddies on Facebook, you know, all the social medias. Uh, we're now working finally on a TikTok. I heard that's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> so we're probably going to have a turtle or dolphin dance competition soon uh i don't know anything about the, the tiktok so we'll see what we're gonna do there but yeah Derek, it was a lot of fun man thanks for having me absolutely i'm glad you came by malta dude i still don't know how to say your last name i worry about there are not that many maltas that, that have a how company. Say your last name i just want to hear it out malta nebelschutz nebelschutz yeah i just look at it on my phone i'm like that's a big ass last name. <laughs> so <laughs> all right man it's been fun thank you Thanks. See, this is the real secret of life, to be completely engaged with the here and now. Everybody wants to fulfill the highest, truest expression of yourself. <laughs> it was all a dream. Today is about the power of you. You've now entered the Human Derek Podcast.